بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمده ونصلی علی رسوله الكریم ما بعد This is a small little booklet titled Four Actions to Acquire the Friendship of Allah Ta'ala فَيَعْرِفْ بِاللَّهَ تَتَقْدَسْ مَنَا شَحَكِ مَوْدْ اَخْتَرْ سَعَبْ رَحْمَتُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ In the years that have passed we have generally every year revised this booklet and the lesson is a very short concise booklet but the lessons that are here these are the core of islah Rahmatullahi himself he compiled this very small concise booklet towards the tail end of his life perhaps some 6-7 years before he passed away and he would express it in this manner that this is the experience of my at that time he was perhaps about 35 years old so the 70 years experience or some period of time of that nature this is the experience that a person who has brought this these aspects that are mentioned in here under control or adopted them then his islah the path to his islah and his progress is open and if a person is lacking in this or is unable to bring these aspects under control then these are major obstacles in his way and he won't be able to progress so this is not everything that is required this is not the whole of deen like in the case of when one is out in Jamaat we learn about the six points so this is highlighted that these six points is not the whole of deen but bringing those six points into one's life will make the adopting the whole of deen become very easy practicing on all the aspects of deen become very easy so likewise this is the matter here these four actions two aspects pertain to the external self and two others the way we can call it the internal self these are core aspects which pave the way towards progressing in one's Islam without this person will be stuck and let alone being stuck he will even fall backwards so therefore these are things that need to be repeatedly revised and to keep reminding ourselves of this keep uh, developing these aspects within us some aspects are very simple once it's done it's done and other aspects are lifelong things to be done the effort on it will be lifelong so we will read from here and wherever something might be requiring some further for our purposes some further explanation inshallah that will be explained bismillahirrahmanirrahim <coughs> there are four actions which if one adopts inshallah he will become a waliullah a friend of Allah before he passes away and this is what is the aspiration of every mu'min he is not just content that I am just doing some things I am fulfilling some actions just fulfilling some actions and going through the motions is not what he is happy with he wants to get beyond that he wants to do those actions in a way and he wants to do whatever is required to become the friend of Allah Ta'ala he doesn't want to go just as somebody 
who has done some things but some things he didn't do and he's in a very dangerous position perhaps Allah Ta'ala will be pleased with him maybe Allah is displeased with him he doesn't want to be in that 50-50 kind of situation so that person can be at ease who leaves this world as a friend of Allah Ta'ala that's the only time that he can be at ease when he's left this world as a friend of Allah Ta'ala so the one who lives as a friend of Allah Ta'ala inshallah he'll pass away as a friend of Allah Ta'ala like a person lives as he lives that is how he'll die so this is the need that we have to try and keep bringing ourselves onto those things that will make us the friends of Allah Ta'ala so this is what I is explaining here that these four things a person inshallah brings into his life inshallah he will gain the ability of practicing on all the other commands with the blessings of practicing on these four actions inshallah he will gain the ability of practicing on all the other commands of deen. This is due to the fact that generally people find these actions difficult since it is difficult on the nafs. The student who manages to answer the difficult questions in the question paper will have no problem answering the easy questions. Hence the one who suppresses his nafs for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala and practices on the following actions it will become easy for him to practice on the entire deen and he will become the wali of Allah Ta'ala among the greatest pressures on the nafs the issues that create the greatest pressure on the nafs some of the issues are what is going to be discussed further so now if this is the aspect, or these are the aspects that create the greatest pressure on the nafs and a person learns how to undertake that. To undertake that pressure on the nafs but not to give in to that desire of the nafs. So if he's done this, then other things become very much easy because this is the greatest pressure. A person doesn't wake up for Fajr Salah, so what is the problem? He knows about the importance of Fajr Salah, it is Farz, it is Allah Ta'ala's command. He knows about the harms of missing his Salah. He's read about it, he's heard about it. And all the things that are related, he's well aware. The knowledge is there. But despite the knowledge, he can't seem to come out of that bed at that time. That's the nafs. The nafs is finding some pressure in leaving that bed, waking up, immediately proceeding for to make wudu, to get ready for salah and all this is the nafs so now supposing if the just for our understanding if the amount of pressure that gets exerted on the nafs at that time now pressure generally person is filling up or topping up the pressure in his car, in the tires so there's so many bars of pressure that he wants now somebody wants two bars and somebody three bars so let us just imagine now this is requiring one bar of pressure, that's exertion. But now he is accustomed to applying five bars of pressure on his nafs due to the mujahada against the issues that will come. The discussion that will follow as a result of that mujahada, he is accustomed to applying five bars of pressure, that exertion. So if he is accustomed to that, what's going to be difficult for him to now just throw off that blanket off his face and wake up and move there is some pressure involved on the nerves initially 
but he is accustomed already to applying that five bars of pressure, what does this matter? This is child's play. A person to carry 50 kilos requires a lot of energy, a lot of strain, but over time he's training, doing weight lifting, and as a result of now training and doing weight lifting, he manages to carry the 50 kilos without any difficulty. So now suddenly somebody later on asked him to carry 20 kilos, pick this up please and take it for me to that point. So it's child's play for him. But if he's never trained, he's never done that training and built himself up. Now somebody tells him carry this 20 kilos. To start off with he's already hearing now the 20 kilos here. He, his courage is already down. And then if he's trying to carry it, it's a tremendous weight. So that, that's the message and lesson here. The person who has brought in these aspects in his life and he's practicing on it, then he's accustomed himself to carrying not 50, 100, maybe a thousand kilos in terms of the pressure on the nerves. So now when he's become accustomed to that, everything under it, everything of lesser pressure of the, on the nerves becomes very easy. Without any difficulty, without any hesitation, he's ready for it. So outwardly these things seem very, very, by the way, just something to just listen to, just something to now just be like another a revision of something we've heard many times, but to understand it in this context and to then be committed to practicing upon it. So this is the message that is being given here, that the person who brings these four things, other things will become very easy to practice. The first action. Now this as mentioned, this is in the light of experience of so many years. So for many people, some of these things become major obstacles in their progress. But these first two aspects are such, if a person just takes a little himmat and courage, he just does what is necessary, that mujahada that we are speaking about, he undertakes that, pushes himself and he takes that step. So once he takes that step, it's done. These first two aspects, once it's done, it's done. It's just a matter of maintenance after that. And once it's done, inshallah, there's no difficulty in continuing. Shaitan just puts all kinds of things in the mind and makes it sound like something very, very difficult. So for the person who hasn't yet taken that step, it is very difficult. And the person who's taken it, he says, what's the difficulty in it? There's nothing in it. It's just really no effort. But the person who hasn't yet taken it, the nafs makes it look like a very major thing. So therefore this has been also stipulated here as the things to now pay special attention to. The first aspect that is mentioned here is regarding the length of the beard. The second aspect that will come is the length of the garments. Now one very important point to always bear in mind when we are discussing these aspects that these are things that we should be focusing upon ourselves. Perhaps something we have already adopted, maybe mashallah, Allah Ta'ala's tawfiq, we have already kept our beard to the right length. So there are other things we have to focus on. Shaitan often in these kind of discussions takes our minds to others. I hope so and so is taking note. I hope that person should have been here, he should have been listening. We forget about ourselves. So this is just something that a person who at that moment from his heart will make 
that azam, that determination that I'm on, I'm doing this, he's done. He's already there. It's not a matter of time before his beard will grow to the length required, but he's made the determination, so he's already there. But now shaitan takes our mind to somebody who's already made that azam, who's made that toba in his heart, and the purpose of shaitan and nafs is to now create some pride in us to look down upon somebody else, and in this manner cause us to lose everything. As soon as we've looked down upon somebody, then what have we gained? We've lost everything. So this is very important that we focus on ourselves. We've mentioned this incident many times before. One of the people that were very close to Hazrat Shaki Maqtasa says that this was Hazrat's continuous bayan. And initially when this booklet was just published, to have somebody stand up in the majlis at the end of the majlis and give a summary of these four points and sometimes this would happen like three, four times a day now it's the same points and it's very simple to discuss it, very simple to just understand it also there's nothing intricate in the explanation of it but two, three times a day, four times a day, initially for a good period of time this continued in this manner so now this was around the time when this was ongoing. He says there were about three or four people only in the room one day. And he suddenly started again at length highlighting the importance of keeping the beard one fistful. And he's saying that all the people in the room at that time, three or four people only were there, all of them, mashallah, had full beards. And now he's explaining this at length. Now this was something that was being discussed so often already. So you see that at that time there was so across the heart that this, what's the need of this particular discussion now? Not that in a negative manner, but like in a kind of questioning manner. That questioning the, well there must be something behind it. It's just three, four of us are here. Everybody has a full beard. And Hazrat is going into such detail about it. See, some time passed, and one of the people that was also present in the room at that time, he later came, this was perhaps some weeks later, or months later, Allah knows, and he says that I over, something overcame me, that I was, like a force was pushing me to go and shave my beard off. And he says that I was battling within myself, that what's wrong with you? And then suddenly, that particular time, when Hazrat was in that room, emphasizing this thing at length, that whole discussion flashed in my mind and came to my heart. And that was the time I turned around and said, never, I'm not going to do this. Now, outwardly, it seems like this is something, by the way, this is also a very common issue. Sometimes we've heard something, we might have heard it more than once, we might have heard it, read it a couple of times. Now, suddenly, we are reading some new kitab, some new book, or we are listening to some talk again, somebody else's talk. And now in the cause of that discussion, this aspect that we heard many times before, or something we are reading now, and we read about this many times before. Well, this year, well, I read it, so skip this now, this is done. So we skip it. Oh, now this I heard it so many times, so we switch off. Well, just now, I'll come back now. So now let me apply my mind to something else. The issue is that one is 
that everything there's levels of excellence in it kamal a person has heard the bayan of sabr heard it one time two times five times he read about it those particular ahadith the discussion in fact in the quran sharif and then the ahadith he read it he heard about it so now he came across so again he's reading some kitab and in the middle of it now suddenly there's a discussion of sabr well, this i've read already so many times i've heard it so now where this stops now okay this carries on for three pages now this carry on after the three pages but the point is that there is various levels of kamal of excellence and in the sifat in these attributes and in these qualities these positive traits that have been emphasized in deen there is no limit to how much a person can excel in it so in repeating that message in rereading it in listening to it with the same attention that the person listened to it for the first time that will help to get to a higher level when he's listening with that purpose that there's no limit to how much a person can improve alhamdulillah with allah taala tawfiq something has been attained to a certain level but there's no limit to how much he can progress in it now he skipped it he deprived himself of that so one is taraqqi improvement progress so in every aspect of deen there is no limit to progress there is no limit to how much because can we get close to the can we get anywhere near to the level of the sahaba ikram so we can never get close to them the whole ummah put together after the sahaba they can't get to the rank of a sahabi so which means that let alone beyond that even to get to their level our whole lifetime will go we won't get anywhere close to it so we have to keep progressing we have to keep progressing but that there's no end to it so now the person reread it because this after all something that allah taala has given us in the quran sharif rasulullah sallallahu has given in the hadith sharif this is an essential aspect in the life of a muslim so he reread it he read it 50 times already but now it came again so he's reading it with the same zeal it will help him to improve so one is this taraqqi and the other is baqa that maintaining it there is no such aspect that a person is somewhere he'll remain there forever he will not retrogress regardless of anything just as this progression allah forbid this retrogression also when a person becomes neglectful he takes things for granted he starts dismissing things as well this i'm done in as soon as he starts thinking of himself as done it starts getting undone as soon as this comes in the heart and mind that i'm done now i'm accomplished here as soon as this done story comes in he starts getting undone and he's taken a step back and then a step back and suddenly a person starts wondering but how i fell these things were not in my mind also it was something the easiest of things for me to get under control and just handle this it was just something i would take it my side and carry on i would walk past it wouldn't even be a pressure on me to keep my gaze low now what happened to me suddenly it didn't happen in just one go there was a gradual retrogression there was a falling backwards gradually that time it wasn't realized when a person fell too far down now he's trying to figure out what happened 
So likewise, these aspects, this is now from the point of that we should be focusing upon ourselves in general gatherings. Yes, we make dua for everybody. We try to help one another. We will advise one another. All this is in its place. And all this is required. But when something is being discussed in a general gathering, then at that time, we focus on ourselves. We are saying something, we focus on ourselves. We are listening to something, we focus on ourselves. We don't listen for somebody else. When there's opportunity, we'll advise the person. When it is possible, then we will guide somebody else also. But when we are hearing something, we listen for ourselves. Then we will inshallah get the barkat of it, even if we've heard it a hundred times. Because there is no limit to that progress that a person will get out of listening to the talks of Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So the first aspect that is mentioned here is keeping a beard to the extent of one fist in length. The following is reported in the narration of Bukhari Sharif. Khalifun mushrikeen waffiru al-luha wahfu al-shawarib. Wa kaan ibn Umara idha hajja wa i'tamara qabada ala lihyatihi fama fadala akhadahu. Translation of this, that opposed the idolaters, lengthen the beard and shorten the moustache. Then further it is explained in Bukhari Sharif, when Hazrat Ibn Umar anhu used to travel for Hajj or Umrah, he would take hold of his beard in his first, whatever amount of the beard was in excess of the first, he would trim it. So why is this being mentioned here? This is narrated in Bukhari Sharif. This is an action of Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu so why is his action being related and narrated? Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar who is among those Sahaba, all the Sahaba, every one of them were in our terminology diehards of the Sunnah. They would give their lives. They'll give their lives for the Sunnah of Rasulullah. The Muhammad and the love they had for the Sunnah of Rasulullah was beyond our imagination. All of them were filled with this zeal. But then like in everything there's ranks among the Anbiya Salam, Tilkar Rusul, Faddalna Ba'dahum Ala Ba'd. Allah Ta'ala has given them also varying ranks and the greatest rank to Rasulullah Even the Sahaba, the Khulafai Rashidin, they hold and enjoy the highest rank. Then various Sahaba have a special rank. Among the Sahaba, Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar anhu, all of them were on that very high rank of ittiba'i sunnat, loving the sunnah of Rasulullah He was somebody very distinguished in that. So can we imagine that among the Sahaba, every one of them was a diehard as we will call it, and among them he was distinguished. So this action of his was only based on what he learned from Rasulullah and only based on what he had seen, what he had observed, what he had learned, it would never have been something that he did out of his own imagination and his own just thinking to something that was derived from Rasulullah So therefore Imam Bukhari rahimahullah, having first mentioned the hadith, Khaliful Mushrikeen, Waffirul Luha, lengthen the beard. But now lengthen how long? So now he brought about this action of Abdullah bin Umar to explain, well, lengthen up to this point. That when it gets beyond the length of one fist, then a person will trim the excess. In another narration of Bukhari Sharif, it is narrated that Rasulullah said, 
ان حق الشوارب واعف اللہ make the mustache extremely short and lengthen the beard it is wajib to keep a beard to the extent of one fist just as it is wajib to perform witr salah and eid salah on eid al-fitr and eid al-adha similarly it is wajib to keep a beard to the extent of one fist in length why this is being explained in this manner that if a person omits his witr then he also feels that i have done something majorly wrong because witr is wajib imagine somebody not attending the eid salah he neglects the eid salah it's wajib so likewise this as that is regarded as a very major problem this too is in the same category all the four imams are unanimous in this regard allama shami rahimahullah he narrates that amma akhdhu al-lihya wa huwa ma duna al-qubda kama yaf'aluhu ba'd al-mughariba falam yubihu ahadun to trim the beard when it is shorter than one fist in length as practiced by people of the west etc has not been permitted by anyone Hakim al-Ummat Mujaddid al-Millat Hazrat Mawlana Shafi Ali Thani Sahib rahmatullah alayhi states in Bashti Zawar it is haram to shave the beard as well as to trim it to less than the length of one fist therefore the beard should be the extent of one fist under the chin as well as the right and left to the end of the jaw on either side it is wajib to grow the beard to one fist length on all three sides some people grow the beard to one fist under the chin but trim it to less than that less than a fist on either sides this is incorrect if any one of these three sides the beard has been shortened to lesser than one fist to even the extent of one grain of rice that is a few millimeters this action will be haram and a major sin so this is the one aspect which has found in his experience of so many years that the person takes this courage just a matter of once of the person took this courage to take that step and he's done and this opens doorways for him to now progress further so this was the first action the second action to keep the ankles exposed that is not to cover the ankles with the trouser pants kurta etc it is haram and a major sin for males to cover their ankles with their garments the narration of bukhari shari states ma asfala min al-ka'bayn min al-izari fi an-nar ma asfala min al-ka'bayn whatever portion of the ankles is covered by any garment such as the pants lungi kurta turban sheet etc will be in the fire it is clearly understood from this narration that to cover the ankles is a major sin since the warning of punishment of the fire of jahannam is not given with regard to minor sins in order to emphasize this that how important this is once one person came into the masjid and he performed his salah in such a way that his some garment was hanging covering his ankles so rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam told him go and repeat your salah but not just that told him go and repeat your wuzu also why this in mishkat sharif told him go and repeat the wudu and the salah now one is the aspect of repeating the salah that is something understandable something that can be figured out because this is a major makruh so now something that is makruh so now it should be repeated it is now important to repeat that is wajibul iada but repeating the wudu 
the wudu is not affected by having performed the salah in this manner there are specific aspects that break the wudu so what was the wisdom or what was the reason for this command that go and repeat your wudu the thing is when there is some additional burden on the nafs then the person remembers the lesson this is a kind of so to say punishment on the nafs this is the aspect that the commentators of hadith have stated that this was a kind of saza a punishment a retribution that what you did was wrong now to make amends you go and even do this as well go and repeat your wuzu also so now this is the extent to which rasulullah practically emphasized this highlighted it and even so to say put somebody through some punishment this was done to teach the ummah the lesson the prohibition of covering the ankles with garments worn from above is applicable in two conditions only one while standing two while walking thus while sitting or reclining if the ankles are covered because sometimes while sitting etc the garment will now end up getting lower so that is not the issue that is not what is referred to here then there is no harm some people dwell under the serious misconception that it is only necessary to expose the ankles in salah therefore upon entering the masjid they fold up their pants and expose their ankles and upon leaving once more unfold the pants it should be remembered well that the prohibition of covering the ankles is not restricted to salah the ankles must remain uncovered by one's pants kurta etc while standing or walking or else one would be coming uh, committing a major sin once a sahabi radiyallahu anhu said to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam inni hamishu saqain literally translated that my shins have dried up what this mean meant was that due to the narrow due to the narrow narrowness of my shins including my ankles having dried up and have become thin and unsightly i wish to cover my ankles however rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam did not permit him to do so instead he said to him inna allah la yuhibbul musbil that verily allah taala does not love the one who covers the ankles dear friends ponder is it wise that one should deprive himself of the love of allah taala by means of covering his ankles on another occasion rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said to a sahabi radiyallahu anhu whose sheet was dragging on the floor amalaka fiya uswatun is there not an example for you in my way of life the question is actually an affectionate warning thus the mere claim of love is not sufficient love in reality forces one to follow his beloved the poet expresses this in the following couplet law kana hubbuka sadiqan la ata'tahu innal muhibba liman yuhibbu muti'u had you been true in your love you would have obeyed him verily the lover is obedient to the beloved the dictates of the love for allah taala in his rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam demands that we do not disobey him we don't disobey them if we obey every command of his that we are indeed true in our love and no claim of love inshallah we'll continue with the third action tomorrow
is also a kitab of Hazrat Mawla Shaki Mawdakhtar Sahib Rahmatullah Alayhi which is called Kashkole Ma'rifat this is in Urdu and in here he has gathered sayings of various Kabir etc from various kitabs and all this is related to one's Islah, one's Reformation so inshallah we will read some portions from here and translate and explain all this is related to rectifying ourselves we hear about this word Islah nafs so the Islah nafs is not something just some abstract concept something just as a academic thing it's something practical we learn about the various or we hear about the various maladies of the heart but it's not just we heard about something and then that's where it finishes off there has to be some remedy for it there are treatments for it so now this is what Islah and Nafs is all about that a person adopts those treatments those treatments that will now cleanse the soul cleanse the heart for all the evil these traits because these are things one is that if a person who has some consciousness of deen somebody invites him to some external sin somebody tells him now I'm going to commit this haram you come along with me he'll become very disgusted he'll become angry somebody who Allah has blessed with some consciousness of deen he is trying to keep away from sins so most such people would immediately be very offended so now we will get offended and this alhamdulillah the sign of iman it's a sign of iman that a person got offended on such an invitation but despite being offended by these external sins which is a good thing which is an extremely good thing yet the internal sins which are worse sometimes such a person who gets very disgusted and offended on that and which is in its place which is necessary but if he has nothing about those major sins within and it doesn't occur to him also that I am guilty of these major problems I am suffering from these crimes from these maladies and then if a person is not conscious of it he makes no, makes no effort to rectify it to treat it therefore this is a very important aspect to know what are the maladies of the heart and then to take steps to correct them this is the purpose of the islahi ta'aluk that we build up with the mashayikh it's not something just that a person has become bayad somewhere and now the barkat of bayad will now get everything done it doesn't work like that bayad is not even a precondition for islah <coughs> Bayat is something very beneficial which can even be termed a sunnah because bayat was not only confined to bayat on Islam and bayat on jihad there was bayat on amal as well there was bayat on sifat as well there are various ahadis highlighting this so the bayat of the mashayikh is the bayat on toba and the bayat on amal that a person now amal zahira amal batina this is the bayat on so it's sunnah in that regard it's mustahab it's sunnah but it's not a precondition for Islam if a person 
didn't do it, so he, well, something beneficial he left out, but he can still be fulfilling whatever is required, and if he does it correctly, he'll also gain the end result. But through this path of bayat, it becomes very much easier and very much quicker. And he gets saved from many, many pitfalls. But if he's established the Islai Ta'aluk, then that too will bring the end result. But now this is what this Islai Ta'aluk is all about. That the person communicates his maladies. That what he's struggling with. His child, he read about it, but this is still there. So now he takes advice. This is my particular condition. What should I be doing? Or is this a problem to start off with? This is something that I perceive in my heart. Is it a problem? Sometimes something is not a problem. He is making it a problem. And sometimes something is a serious problem. He regards it as nothing. Because of the lack of knowledge and understanding. So if you look into the way that this Islam has happened over the ages. So there used to be this very very clear communication. And people would express their conditions and ask for the advice and in this way they would treat the maladies so this in this book there is a selection of the correspondence that people had with on matters of Islam the question that they posed to him and the answers that he gave now, this is the very key aspect the answers that were given and sometimes you'll be amazed that how such major maladies were rectified in such a simple manner. The advice, such simple advice which became the key to a person now overcoming these things. So this is the Kamal of these Akabir and these great pious personalities with the barakat of the taqwa they possessed and the ta'aluk with Allah wa ta'ala they had. Allah ta'ala put barakat in their ulum, barakat in their understanding, barakat in their Amal and Barkat in their words, Barkat in their advice, that big complicated things they explained in few words and it resolved people's problems. So, inshallah, we too will benefit tremendously from this. So, inshallah, we will read from a few aspects here and over the days, inshallah, we will try and cover whatever we can. سوال ایک شخص نے کہا حضور مجھ میں تو ایک سخت عیب بھی ہے اور سختی کے ساتھ راسخ ہو گیا ہے کہ دوسروں کا عیب تو بہت بڑا معلوم ہوتا ہے حتیٰ کہ اس میں غیبت تک نوبت آ جاتی ہے اور اپنا عیب نہیں معلوم ہوتا ہر چند کوشش کرتا ہوں کہ یہ بد عادت مجھ سے دفع ہو جاوے لیکن کسی طرح نہیں جاتی کوئی طریقہ ہدایت فرماوے تاکہ اس پر عمل کرنے سے اس بد عادت کا استحصال ہو جاوے اس خاص صورت میں حضور کی دعا کا متمنی ہو the crux of the question was that I have a very major problem very severe problem other people's faults I immediately see it and it appears very big to me very major but my own issues I can't see at all I can't detect my own problems at all other people's problems very quickly I can see it and I've tried a lot to get rid of this, but this is still stuck in me. So therefore, please guide me towards how can I uproot this and make dua for me as well. Hazrat replied, Dua bhi karta hu, 
باقی تدبیر یہ ہے کہ آپ ہر کلام سے پہلے یہ سوچ لیا کیجئے کہ اگر یہ کلام میں نہ کروں تو کوئی ضروری نفع تو فوت نہ ہوگا جس میں ضروری نفع کا فوت نہ ہونا معلوم ہو اس سے زبان بند رکھیے یہ تو زبان کا انتظام ہے ان دا کوشچن دا پرسن آلسو مینشن دیٹ وین آئی سی ادر پیپلس فالس آئی اسٹارٹ دین ایون ڈسکسنگ اٹ آئی اسٹارٹ مینشننگ اٹ On that note, Hazrat mentioned that before you speak, learn to first think. That if I don't say this, it's going to harm me in some way. Am I going to lose out anything? If I'm not going to lose out anything, why must I speak this? So if a person starts learning to think first, before he speaks something, he'll save himself from great amount of difficulty and harm in dunya and in akhirat. So first to think that if I don't speak this, Well, I lose out something. So now he immediately realized that if someone is speaking about somebody else's faults, this will be zibad. So forget losing out anything. I will lose out by speaking. I will lose out tremendously by speaking. So I should not go ahead at all with this. Baqi is ki jar ka intizam ye hai ke jab kisi ke aib par nazar pare to you socha ki jiye ke go is shakhs mein ye aib hai مگر ممکن ہے کہ اس میں کچھ خوبیاں ایسی ہو جن کے اعتبار سے اس کی مجموعی حالت میری مجموعی حالت سے ان اللہ احسن ہو پھر مجھ کو اس کی ایب جوئی یا ایب گوئی کا کیا حق حاصل ہے دا روٹ ایشو ان دس ریگارڈ نیور دس ٹو تھریٹ دس دا روٹ میٹر از دیٹ وین وی سی سم بڈیز فالٹ سو دا فالٹ دا رانگ از رانگ وی کھان کنڈون دا رانگ بٹ To look down upon somebody, that is haram. So now to think at that time, that yes, this person has this fault. But despite this fault in him, he might have some such other good qualities, that the total result of his, in totality, he is a far better person than me. For example, one person has ten faults. But he has a hundred other good aspects in him also. We might have some other faults. He's got ten faults that we think ourselves to be clear of. But those other hundred good qualities he has, it far surpasses. Now all this is going to be added, so to say. Now the debits and credits. So now the debits and credits is going to be an end result. Now this person has some debits, but his credits are so much that his sum total is far greater than our sum total. Because our debits might be of a very serious nature, far more serious than his. And the credits that we might have are not as good as his. Not as a good level as his. So now when this is a reality, as a possibility, that he is in the sum total of things, he is ahead of us. So what right do we have to look down upon him and look for his faults and talk about his faults? What basis do we have for this? when he is better than us in terms of the sum total of things. Now this is what needs to be brought to mind very strongly. جس طرح اندے کو یہ حق نہیں کہ کانے کو چراوے بار بار اس مضمون کے استحضار سے انشاءاللہ اس عیب کا استیصال ہو جاوے گا. Person is blind now he sees somebody with one eye so now he wants to tease that person that you got one eye only. Now the poor fellow himself is blind. Now you have to teach somebody about one eye. So, 
what right he's got to pick on the fault of the person who's got one eye when he doesn't have both so likewise in terms of the sum total we are behind what basis we have to now pick on the faults of others advising somebody out of well-wishing helping somebody out of that goodness of the heart that's a different matter but looking down upon somebody finding fault with somebody there's no basis for us the last part of this is a very important aspect <coughs> that bar bar is mazmoon ke istihzar se inshallah is ab ka istisal ho jayega the word that is used here is bar bar is mazmoon ka istihzar that repeatedly bringing this consciously to mind or a once of thing a one time two times three times i felt now three times i did this now and three times now nothing i'm not finding the effect so this is not helping me it doesn't happen in one or two times that we did something we have to continue doing it repeatedly but when it will be continuously done repeatedly done each time it is adding something and gradually the tank will fill up when it reaches its limit then the benefit will be felt so this must continue it happened 10 times and we did it now the 11th time we'll continue doing the same thing the 50th time that same situation came up we repeat this and inshallah the day will come when this will be completely uprooted ایک شخص نے کہا کہ میرے اندر غرور اور تکبر بہت ہے دوسرے لوگوں کو عقل اور ہوشیاری میں اور کبھی علم میں اور کبھی باپ دادا کی مالداری میں اپنے سے کم تر سمجھتا ہوں اس کا علاج بتلا ہوئے پرسن روٹ I look down upon others this person is lower than me I am better off I think of myself as better than others in these aspects on the basis of some maybe intelligence knowledge wealth so now how do I rectify this so the reply ek waqt baith kar apne aibo ko socha karo at fix a time in the day fix one time in the day we mentioned about muraqabas various muraqabas this is also part of those muraqabas that sit and then ponder over one's own faults and deficiencies and weakness aur zuban se bhi kaha karo ke main bada bewakoof hu main bada nalaik hu and then even verbally say it that i am a very foolish person i am very despicable one is just to think and then having thought and meditated and pondered over one's weaknesses one's faults then to chastise oneself in this manner verbally saying it saying to oneself in this manner that me to bara bewakoof i am a complete fool because a foolish person is somebody who forgets about his faults and is looking at other people's faults who is looking down upon others looking down upon others is an extremely foolish thing because what guarantee he has that he is going to be better than that person on the day of qiyamah and the result hasn't come out and he is thinking of himself as a head that's a total fool so therefore now to chastise oneself and then what does it say in the end aad ghanta rozana isme sarf karo aur phir ittila do now this muraqaba we have been saying 3 minutes 5 minutes 
this person has said to him sit down daily for half an hour and keep doing this and then after some time you update what effect has it brought has it brought the desired result or not so now everything has its proportionate effect now something like pride and arrogance which is gone deep down into the heart is not going to come by just scraping the surface it's going to come by digging deep under and scraping it from the root so now that's why hazrat explained to him spend half an hour daily now we'll ask ourselves what tilawat is this now what tasbih is this but this is then what will make the tilawat tilawat when this has been done and that heart has been rectified and the dirt and filth of the heart has been removed now the flavor of tilawat will come now that sweetness of zikr will be felt now that enjoyment in obeying allah taala will be felt and now that zeal and enthusiasm for deen will come to the fore but now when all the dirt is mixed up inside that will now cover up everything so therefore this is the ilaj that and the remedy the treatment that was given you sit half an hour every day and you keep doing this keep thinking about your own faults how down you are and even say verbally that i am extremely foolish and i am very very despicable and after some time having done this for half an hour daily then you update allah tbaraka wa taala give us a tawfiq and enable us to adopt the treatment for our islah whatever is required of us that we become very very conscious of correcting ourselves rectifying our faults and we keep turning to allah taala in all sincerity billah tbaraka wa taala except one and all wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah rabbil alamin inshallah